time to talk to Bradley Olson now, who is the economist being talked about in this article, and he is the principal economist and director at Inframetrics. Good morning, Bradley. Kia ora, good morning. How are you, firstly? Yes, very, very well, thank you. Another uh, lovely Wellington day. Looking forward to that uh, sun coming out a bit more through the clouds. Okay, Jim Hickey, can you now talk about uh, house prices, which I think you know a little bit better than the weather forecasting. Um, did you get a fright when you read this? No, not at all. I, I wasn't surprised in the slightest to see how many million-dollar suburbs we seem to have uh, here in Wellington. But as, I, as I've said before, I was pretty demoralised, and I think a lot of people will be. Uh, you know, for anyone who's looking out there wanting to buy a house, they're going, man, you know, given that the changes that we've had over recent times, if you want to buy one of these uh, million-dollar properties, which is the average price in Wellington now, uh, that's $200,000 that you need to have just as a starting deposit. That's a fair whack of cash for first home buyer. Now, at the same time, Nick, it's, it's uh, important to point out that there'll be quite a few people quietly uh, happy with these numbers because it means that their house is worth a fair bit. But just remember, uh, those are very much paper gains and, and uh, you know, still a real challenge, I think, that these numbers highlight over this uh, issue around housing affordability and ensuring that people can actually stay here in Wellington and make a life for themselves and their family. Talking about it politically... Bradley, because this is what concerns me. A lot of people, uh, including my colleagues in the office, voted uh, Labour in thinking that their life would become easier to buying their first home, and that hasn't happened. What politically could have Labour have done over the past years to make it better? Yeah, I, I do think we've got to keep a little bit of perspective that if you let a wound fester for 30, 40 years, it's very hard to immediately stitch up and, and you're, you're absolutely right and right as rain and ready to go. In saying that, though, I think we've also got to get serious that if we want to continue playing musical chairs uh, with the housing market, we're generally speaking always going to lose. There's always people that want to buy houses. And so trying to tinker with demand too much has been proven time and time again to not work. We had the foreign buyers ban that was brought in that was supposed to uh, stop everyone from from buying homes and alleviate housing pressure, and look where house prices have gone. There's been a number of those policies. I say that, Nick, because the focus needs to again be on that supply. We need to be building more affordable homes. We need to be freeing up land development and similar. Now, what that would require is some of the changes that the government is looking at in terms of the Resource Management Act changes and what have you, but that's all a decade in the making. So I think we've got to be serious. If we want to see big changes, we need to allow for not only an increased supply of land and similar, so actually getting over some of our opposition to having buildings anywhere near our existing homes, but also we've got to get a lot smarter with building. We've got you know thousands of builders across the country all building a, a home in every different way we can imagine. We need to have a lot more prefabrication, a lot more of that standardisation, kit set sort of mindset uh, when it comes to putting out homes. If there's a lot of people out there looking for a house, you don't tell some of them that they can or can't get in. You try and build more houses. That's always a better solution. What could the councils do? Because we've got uh, Campbell Barry coming in, the mayor of Lower Hutton. When I mentioned to a colleague of mine that he was coming in, they, he said, ask him why Lower Hutt City Council charged $12,500 for a permit fee to, buy, to build a new apartment. Now, that's, wouldn't that be one way that they could, you know, they, they're going to get rates for the rest of the, the property's lives, out of them building that, there's a gain every way. Why couldn't we do something more simple like that? 
Yeah, there's definitely, I think, options to look at that. The challenge, of course, is that there's so many rules around the place, and sometimes for good reason. I think we've got to be careful with trying to peer back too much in the building consenting and sort of uh, building code space. Last time we tried to do that, we had a leaky homes crisis, and we already know that Wellington has some pretty dodgy quality houses. So I think we've got to be a bit careful with that one, but yeah, absolutely. We've got to make it easier for people to build. We've got to make it as cost-effective as possible. Um, the challenge, I think, as well, comes down to how councils are sort of a little bit stuck in the middle, remembering that all of those costs that they're charging out, it's because the government has uh, made sure they have to uh, have all of these different regulatory and compliance needs. Now, I say that because it means that everyone's got to do paperwork, and it also means that everyone's fearful of wearing the blame if it all goes wrong. So everyone wants to, to cover their butts. Again, important because you don't want another leaky homes, but there's got to be some sort of ability to speed things up, particularly where you've got repeatable uh, buildings. If you're building the same thing with the same sort of plans, the same sort of specs, you shouldn't have to go back and forth and back and forth uh, over, you know, some of the very, let's be clear, very minor design elements and similar. So a bit of common sense taken to that red tape approach, I think could well bring some efficiencies, could get some more building going faster. What advice have you got for government right now, knowing that there's going to be a lot of pressure on them to, to do something about the property market? I think the biggest one has got to be, let's get this prefabrication stuff going. Even, uh, look, I've said before, and I've said again, even this morning, we need to build more houses. And a lot of people will rightly be sitting at home listening to the radio and going, well, where are all these builders coming from? Because we're, we're apparently capped out of them at the moment. And that's the challenge. In the short term, it's very difficult to bring on a whole lot more builders to do this stuff. But if we can get some manufacturing going, let's build some kitset houses and let's get them up and across the place. That, I think, could make a big change. We haven't allowed for that fully legally yet. We know that there hasn't been a lot happening. I think that prefabrication or some sort of kitset focus could have a real advantage in terms of getting up homes, not only uh, at a large scale, but quickly. At the moment, you're taking at least nine months to get everything connected. If we could do it in a few weeks, like some of the kitset and prefab options have done, I think that could really get things moving. Bradley, appreciate your time as always. Thanks very much and thanks for your information.